0: Speaking of the resurrection, uh, I want to reiterate what Bishop Myers said, and uh, thank you for all of your prayers and cards and all the nice things that have been said, even social media about uh, my grandmother, and uh, some of you had asked about um, the arrangements, that is, um, the service is held on Tuesday, it'll be at 1030 in the morning, and it'll be in Pensacola at the First Pentecostal Church, in Pensacola. Uh, at the First Pentecostal Church there, and uh, that'll be on Tuesday at uh, 10.30 a.m., and then after that, I believe they do have uh, a lunch prepared at the church. I turn your attention to the book of Luke chapter 4 and verse 18 as we continue our series talking about the year of Jubilee, amen, Luke chapter 4 and 18 The Lord, of course, had come to the synagogue and was speaking very specifically as to what uh, his mission, uh, what his purpose was. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. We talked about the Spirit of the Lord a few weeks ago. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. We talked about that last Sunday. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That is the year of Jubilee. Amen. How many of you know this is the year, the acceptable year of the Lord, that God wants to do all of these things in our lives? I want to focus uh, on that part of the verse that simply says, He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. How many of you ever had the Lord heal your broken heart before? What a great God we serve. We want to talk a little bit about that this morning. I want to talk to you about the heart healer, the heart healer. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, we're so thankful that you have come once again, Lord, into our midst. You've allowed us to sit in heavenly places. We thank you, Lord, for your presence that we feel in such a powerful way. We ask you, God, that you'll anoint hearts and minds to receive your word. Lord, help us to tear down every wall that we would keep up around our heart and soul and to allow your word to just come in and penetrate our spirit. And for us, God, to be in your presence one more time and to have your sweet presence surround us like a sea. Hallelujah. We thank you for it, Lord, and we glorify you. In the name of Jesus, everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. I I heard a story about a pastor... And a song leader that were fussing, and it started to spill over into the worship service. The pastor um, would preach, and then the song leader would get up and and uh, pick a song after the message to make a point. And uh, it started becoming pretty obvious, you know, to the audience that the uh, the pastor and the song leader were not getting along very well. The pastor preached about. How we need to have a heart to give and to be faithful and tithes and offerings. And the song leader concluded the service by singing, Jesus paid it all. (laughs) The, The next week the pastor preached about needing to have a heart to change, and we need to be willing to let God change us from the inside out. And the song leader concluded the service by singing, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. It got so bad that the pastor said either the song leader or I have got to resign. So the pastor took it on himself to resign and he got up in a few weeks and told the church, he said, you know, the Lord brought me to this church, but now the Lord has taken me away. The song leader concluded by singing, what a friend we have in Jesus. So, if you ever hear him singing, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, you know, I'm on my way out. I I believe that we can all relate to having our heart broken. We have all had times in our life where we hurt. It may have been the loss of a relationship or the loss of a job or the loss of a home, but whatever it was, our heart was broken. It's very real to have your heart broken, and everyone who has lived on this earth for any amount of time has experienced having their heart broken. This past week, uh, my grandmother passed away, as you've heard, and it broke my heart to see her on that bed uh, all shriveled up, her body not able to receive any more nourishment, and having not been able to eat for almost three weeks, no muscle left to even control her tongue or be able to swallow. And to see her laying there and to feel so helpless because she has helped so many people over the years and yet there was nothing that we could do but simply to pray with her and and to sing and to let God take her home. And as much as you're prepared for that, as much as logically you say, you know, she's 98 years old and she's lived a full life, it's still heartbreaking to watch someone die that you love. Everybody will experience heartache, but not everybody will experience heart mending, heart healing. Only those of us that know what it is to give our heart to God knows what it is to not just have a broken heart, but to have a heart that is healed by the presence and the love of God. I'm so thankful we serve a God that's not just all powerful. That's not just a God that sits upon the circle of the earth. That heaven is His throne and earth is His footstool. That can take our life in a moment or give us life in a moment. But I'm thankful that there's a God that loves us and cares enough for us to heal a broken heart. There's something about God. There's something about Jubilee. There's something about the essence of the Holy Ghost that heals our heart. And it's, it's not always easy to explain or or to put down into some sort of a logical flow chart. But you just know that it's real. If you've ever been there in the midnight hour, and you weren't sure if you could go any further, but you felt the sweet presence of God come into that room, and
1: come into your heart and your spirit, you found yourself saying, God, I just want to thank you once again that you have healed this broken heart.
0: The song was penned by... Horatio Spadford in 1883, the hymn was written after traumatic events in Spadford's life. That old song the old timers used to sing, it is well, it is well with my soul. It was written by Horatio Spadford many, many years ago and it was written after a series, not just one, but a series of tragic events. That literally left him brokenhearted. The first was the death of his son at the age of two, and then the great Chicago fire of 1871, which ruined him financially. He had been a successful lawyer and had invested significantly in property in the area of Chicago, and all of that had been extensively damaged by the great fire. His business interests were further hit by the economic downturn of 1873, at which time he had planned to travel to Europe with his family on the SS bill to have. But on a late change of plan, he sent his family ahead while he was delayed on business concerning zoning problems that were trying to be worked out following the great Chicago fire. So while his family was on this ship crossing the Atlantic, the ship sank rapidly after a conclusion with a sea vessel, the Earn, and all four of Spadford's daughters died on that ship. His wife, Anna, survived and sent him the now famous telegram, saved, dot, 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 alone, dot, dot, dot. Shortly afterwards, as Spadford traveled to meet his grieving wife, he was inspired to write these words as his ship passed near where his daughters had died just a few days earlier. As he passed that spot in the sea where that ship had gone down, he began to write these words, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to know, it is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood For my soul, ladies and gentlemen, you don't get there without a heart healer, you don't get there with your own sense of self discipline
1: and your own will. It takes a supernatural God, hallelujah, that can come down and wrap his arms around you and say, It's gonna be all right, I got your back, I'm gonna heal your heart, I'm gonna bind up your wounds.
0: But Lord, tis for thee, for thy coming we wait. The sky, not the grave, is our goal. O trump of the angel, O voice of the Lord, blessed hope, blessed rest of my soul. The Lord haste the day when my faith shall be sight. The cloud shall be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with
1: my soul.
0: You say, how can you even feel the Holy Ghost and feel the Spirit of God and feel His love surround you when you even hear those words being read? You know why? Because they were born in the midst of a man who was grieving.
1: It was born from the soul of a man that knew what it was to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But I've come to tell you that the God that helped him then is the same God that will help you now. He's the same God that'll be with you ever Every step of the way, in every disappointment, in every loss,
0: in every trial, He is the heart healer. He is the heart mender. He is the God. That will bind up the wounds of those that have suffered, of those that are experiencing loss. It comes in many different varieties. It may be the loss of a spouse. It may be the loss of a job. It may be the loss of a house. It may be the loss of a child or a parent.
1: But I've come to tell you, the same God, hallelujah, that can heal the brokenhearted then is the same God that if you will let him, he will heal your heart today. I said, "If you let him, he will heal your broken heart.
0: It was in the city of Nain, only Luke records it, at least by name, the city of Nain. We don't ever hear about this little city other than just this one instance. Perhaps it was a small city, the city of Nain. Disciples and many people had followed Jesus, and they approached the gate of the city. And and as they were approaching the gate, perhaps people were talking amongst themselves. Perhaps Jesus was talking to those that were immediately around him, his disciples, and maybe that trickled through the crowd. But the Bible does say that there was a great crowd. Jesus was walking and perhaps talking, and others were following and watching, and and listening. and As they approached the gate of the city, there was a crowd that gathered. So Jesus, with his group, they stopped. They could hear weeping. Some perhaps stood on their tippy toes trying to discern what all the commotion was up ahead. Perhaps different stories trickled through the crowd. But the most consistent story reported that It appears this city is hosting a a funeral of some type. They saw the procession of black robes and mourners coming out of the gate. And then finally, even those that were in the back of the crowd could see that there was a box. The Bible describes it as a beer, B-E-I-R. And there inside of that box was the lifeless body of a boy. Jesus now moves forward and distances himself from his followers as he approaches the procession of mourners. It was perhaps not known at the time and perhaps Luke only got the information afterwards, but no doubt Jesus knew the circumstances that surrounded the uncontrollable grieving. It was a widow lady that had lost her only son. She had already experienced the pain and economic struggle of losing her husband. Perhaps she had gotten through that tragedy by leaning on her son. Together, perhaps she thought they, they could make it. But now even he was gone. It was more than she could handle. Heartbreak is oftentimes the result of a series of disappointments. More than one, two, three, four, coming in like a wave. And how am I going to get through this? She was weeping uncontrollably. Those that were in the city, the Bible says, had gathered with her. And and perhaps everybody knew her. It doesn't say what her profession was, but everybody knew she had lost a husband. Now she had lost her son. She was beside herself. The crowd couldn't do anything other than to just walk with her and mourn and be there for her at a troubled time. Jesus was different. Jesus can do more than just hold your hand. Jesus can do more than just mourn with you at a time of loss. Ladies and
1: gentlemen, you're not serving a God that's just sympathetic. You are serving a God that has all power in heaven above and in earth beneath.
0: Yes, He's a God that will be there. In a time of need. Yes he's a God that will hold your hand. But he is also a God that can change
1: the environment. And change the situation. And make all things new. He's a God, hallelujah, that can turn everything inside out. He's a God that can make a way when there appears to be no way. What a friend we have in Jesus. It was in this setting that
0: Jesus got right up in the middle of the mourners found the box that carried the dead son. The Bible says he just put his hand on the box. And those that were carrying it stopped. Those that were mourning stopped. I can see as the mother lifts up her bent head, her body bent over with pain and loss and heartache. But now I can see this mother, as she lifts up her head, weak, weak, from all of the morning and all of the heartbreak and all of the tears. And she lifts up her bent head and through tear-stained eyes and perhaps a dark veil, she sees that shadowy image of Jesus. She was not sure why. But in a moment, her emotions were arrested. In a moment, the tears dried up. In a moment, she stood not knowing what to expect. Luke records the scene as
1: Jesus now looks at this little widow lady and the Bible says, has compassion. Thank God he's not just a great God, but he's a good God. He's not just a God with all power, but he's a God that's touched by the feelings of our infirmities.
0: Nobody else understands why you hurt so much because your dog died. Nobody else understands it. They say it's just a dog. But it was your constant companion for 15, 16 years.
1: Nobody understands the heartache because heartache and heartbreak is very personal. But I've come to tell you about a God that understands He's touched by the feelings of our infirmities. He's not touched by the logic of the situation. He's not touched by the explanation of the situation. He's just touched by the infirmities. He's touched by the heartbreak and the heartache and the hurt that you experience. I've come to tell somebody today, I feel the Holy Ghost ministering to somebody. You don't know how to explain the hurt. You don't know how to explain it to those that are around you. But I've come to tell you today about a God that you don't have to explain it to. You've just got a God that'll wrap his arms around you.
0: He has compassion. He then turns to the boy in the casket, and with a calm voice that could still the raging seas, he simply says, young man, arise. And then as if in slow motion, the crowd watched in amazement as their mind recorded every detail. There's something about your mind It moves everything in slow motion when you're experiencing something very dramatic. And I can see the people standing there and watching this, and it plays in slow motion. Perhaps they talked about it the rest of their lives. They told their children about it, their grandchildren. We were there. We had carried the body outside of the gate. It was a group that came by, and a man that stepped down and stopped the funeral. They tell about how he touches the box. Just simply says, young man, arrive. Then to their amazement, their mind taking in every detail,
1: the young man sat up and began to speak. Sat up and began to speak. He that was silent began to speak, and those that were mourning became silent. God can turn everything around. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I've come to tell somebody today, you've cried all you can cry. You've mourned all you can mourn. The Lord said, stand still and see the salvation of God. God said, you don't have to cry anymore. All you got to do is allow me to do what you cannot do for yourself. Oh, I feel like praising God in this house today. I feel like magnifying God in this house. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Crowd is silent, speechless. Jesus takes the boy, Luke records. Luke, the physician records the details, Jesus takes the boy to his mother, who's now on the verge of fainting no doubt, and presents her son to her and then simply turns and walks away. In just a few brief moments, ladies and gentlemen, the funeral procession
1: becomes a worship service. In just a few moments, the funeral, the mourning, you say, how can that happen? The Bible says that that he'll turn your mourning into dancing. He'll turn your sorrow into joy. Psalms chapter 30 verse 5 says, we've been indoors for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. I've come to preach to somebody, you've been through a lot of night, you've been through a lot of darkness, you've been through some dark times, but I've come from a word from the Lord, and that is that joy's coming, joy's coming, joy's coming in that great morning, in that great getting up morning.
0: Witnessed by so many people this miracle. Not just witnessed by a few disciples and followers. Witnessed by people that were in the city of Nain that did not even know Jesus. Witnessed by people that had not even heard him speak or teach. Witnessed by everybody that had set aside that day to mourn with this widow lady. They all witnessed the same thing. It was spread abroad. The news traveled quickly, the Bible says, throughout all of Judea. He that is born in Nazareth, the carpenter's son, he's a healer. He can heal the brokenhearted. He has his mission. It was his calling. And I've come to tell you today, it still is. It's still his calling to heal the brokenhearted. I ask you this rhetorical question today. What has broke your heart? What has
1: wounded your spirit? Is it the loss of something or someone that you loved? It doesn't make any sense. Maybe it
0: was more than one thing. Somehow it just feels like the joy has left. Maybe it was the parent or a child or a spouse. Maybe it was the loss of your health. Maybe it was just something that you never wanted to live without and now you're forced to and your heart is broken. I've come to tell you that in this acceptable year of the Lord, God has come to heal the brokenhearted. God has come to heal the brokenhearted. The last several times that I visited my grandmother last year, she would tell me stories of when she was just a girl, she told me of some of the joys and some of the struggles of growing up with a large family and small wages. She told me of the time she was just playing in the street, just the dirt street with her friends and siblings and she heard the commotion of a of a loudspeaker, something where a voice was magnified. It was kind of scratchy, but it was getting closer and it got the attention of all the kids that were, they were out there playing. Apparently as the noise got closer, it became a little more clear that somebody had a loudspeaker that was attached to a car. Someone was announcing some event and the kids stopped from playing and they, they strained their ears to try to hear. What was coming out of this loudspeaker that was attached to this car? Young man that was driving the car, he, he got up real close to him. I can picture it in my mind, almost like these little ice cream trucks that, that drive around and play all these little songs. Kids can be busy playing, but it's almost like the Pied Piper. When that little thing comes by, everything stops. You can hear it. They can hear it from
1: many streets
0: away. I remember as a kid hearing, I could hear that, that ice cream
1: truck. Where's it at? Where's it going? We used to run down the street and try to intercept it and figure out where it was headed and try to get in front of it.
0: I can see this as my grandmother explained this story. As I sat with her last October and we talked about some of her childhood. She said this young man, driving the car, he stopped and He announced to the children that he was putting up a tent, they were going to have church services in the tent. He was just a young man. His name was D.L. Welch. They were putting up this tent and him and his friend that were evangelists, they were traveling together, They they were going to be having church services in the tent. My grandmother said, we were excited. We went to church, but we had never gone to church in a tent. And we thought that's got to be really something because for us, a tent meant a circus. And now they're having church in a tent, and they all decided right then that they wanted to go. And he said, "Well, you'll have to, you know, ask your parents." But he explained to them where it was at. He said, "It's not going to be very far from here. That field, yeah." They all knew where it was. They had played in the field, and we're going to be putting up a tent. that's going to start on Friday night. Talk to your parents, and they can bring you out. And we're going to be talking about, you know, Jesus, and you can learn about the Lord, and you're going to really enjoy. We're going to have a lot of singing. And my grandmother said, we got so excited, we all ran home right then. And she said, we started telling our parents we wanted to go to the tent. They were having church in a tent. They were putting up a tent down there on that field, and we were going to go down there. And she convinced her mother, and off they went to the tent. My grandmother said, you know, son, we always believed in going to church, and and I always went to church as a little girl, but there was something different about this tent. This fellow, you know, this D.L. Welch with this portable loudspeaker, he was the one there that was up there behind the little podium and she said he started talking about the Lord and they started singing and she said, boy, she said it wasn't long and she said I had chill bumps. She said when permission was finally given that we could come down to the front and ask the Lord into our heart, she said I didn't wait for my mother, I ran as fast as I could to the front and she said I started praying as hard as I could. She said, before I knew it, I was saying words that I did not understand. And she said, I felt like I could fly. She said, God gave me the Holy Ghost that night, and he never took it away. That's more than 85 years ago. She said, from that moment on, no matter what struggles we had in life, She said, I could always feel God pick me up and hold my hand. Now as she laid in that bed, almost 98 years old, not able to eat in almost three weeks, doctors and nurses kept saying it could be any moment now. We give her two hours, we give her three hours, but for sure, no later than tonight. We expected to get the call at any moment, but another day would pass, another night would pass. and They'd say she's about the same. And then it would happen the next day and the next day and the next day. And they kept saying it's only going to be a few hours. But there was one day and then the next day and the next day. She couldn't open her eyes. All of her strength is gone. Hasn't eaten. But yet, she's still alive. Finally, the doctors, the nurses, the people that were there in the hospice center, they they came in and talked to us and they said, we feel like we need to explain to you the situation. What is the situation? They said this, there's, there's nothing really
1: left to her except her heart. It just keeps beating. It's strong. There's nothing wrong with it. Everything else is shut
0: down. Body can't receive nourishment anymore. But there's
1: nothing wrong with the heart and it just keeps beating and and we can't tell it to stop. This lady who had had the Lord come into her heart more than 85 years ago had a heart that would not quit.
0: It was in that I got an understanding. You see, my friend, the Lord is not just a heart healer. He's a heart keeper. He'll keep your heart emotionally, spiritually, physically. Philippians 4, 7 says this, and the peace of God. Everybody say the peace of God. Ladies and gentlemen, the peace of God is not even able to comprehend in our own minds. They can't figure it out. It's the peace of God
1: that surpasses all understanding. It's this peace that God gives you that you know everything's going to be all right. The peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts. It's that peace of God that keeps your heart
0: and your mind through Christ Jesus. You say, how did you get through it? All I can tell you is that the peace of God kept my heart. When people ask you, how did you get through it? It was the peace of God that kept my heart. On Friday, as we prepared to drive back down here to Palm Bay, I and my wife stood there by her bed, prayed with her. I was saying something to the effect of, Lord, this is your child. You have kept her all of these years. You've been the wind beneath her wings. Now, Lord, give her peace and courage to make this one last journey over Jordan. And you could feel the presence of God as we were praying. And I didn't notice, but my wife said that She started responding with tears, unable to speak, but still feeling the presence of God. She finally passed later that night. My friend, only one life, so soon it will pass, only what's done for Christ
1: will last.
0: Why don't you give your heart to God now?
1: He will not only heal it, He will keep it
0: all of the days of this life. And when it's time for you to pass over Jordan, He's going to give you a new body, and you're going to be a new creature in Christ Jesus. And all of the years that you spent on this earth worshiping God are just going to be a dress rehearsal for the big show which is going to be all of us in heaven forever and
1: ever, no more goodbyes. The revelator John got a look into heaven and he said, I noticed that there were no more tears,
0: no more crying, no more mourning, no more hearts that eventually stopped beating. Just the saints of God, robed in white,
1: throwing their crowns before the great God Almighty and saying, holy, holy, holy. Ladies and gentlemen, I say to you today, there's nothing greater than giving your heart to the Lord. You said, but I've made mistakes and my heart has been broken and I have been hurt. You ought to let the heart healer heal your heart today. You ought to let him mend your heart today. You ought to let him wrap his arms around you today.
0: Would you stand to your feet? You've tried. You've tried to do it on your own. Maybe you've even tried to put your mind and your attention into something else. But when no one else was around... When it was all quiet, and you were just left with your thoughts, you still felt your emotions and your mind running back to that heartbreak. Maybe it would pass in time, but it seems like time accumulates, and yet there's no solution. I feel God talking to people in this place today. Say, why don't you turn it over to me? Why don't you cast your cares upon him today? Because only Jesus can satisfy the longing of your soul. Maybe there's something you want to turn over to Christ this morning. I want to invite you to come forward for prayer You'll step out from where you're standing this morning and just make your way down here to the front. We've designated this area down here for prayer. Why don't you come right now and whatever it is you need God to do, ministers and altar workers will pray with you, but most importantly, God will wrap His arms of love around you. It may be the loss of your health. It may be the loss of a loved one. But whatever it is today, you said, I need God to heal my heart. Why don't you come right now? I feel the Lord calling. I feel the Lord has outstretched arms today, and he's reaching for each and every one of you. Come on, you've tried to do it on your own, but God wants to do it for you today. Just make your way down from all over the building. People are coming. There's room. There's room down here for you. Come on, God's got a special word for you. His hand is upon you. He will heal the brokenhearted. I said, He will heal the brokenhearted. He will heal the brokenhearted. Make your way down. People are still coming. Just come down these aisles right now. Those of you that are in the altar, just step forward if you don't mind a couple of steps. Make room for those that are coming in behind you. Oh, I feel God working. God's working even in the pew right now. Can you feel the presence and the love of God? Come on, all over this building, would you lift up your hands right now? Would you lift up your voice? And would you begin to ask for that heart healer to come in? Lord, I've tried to do it on my own, but I'm turning it all over to you right now. Come on, let him heal your broken heart.
1: I'm turning it all over to you this morning, God. I need your help, Lord. I need your help today, oh God. Yes, in the name of Jesus, that's it, that's the presence of God. In the name of Jesus, Jesus. we bless you, Lord.